CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events and what we hear in church. Is it even in the Bible at all? So if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN's toll-free. You can be part of the program today. We've got some lines open again, 8888-ASK-CSN. Joining me today, special guest, featured speaker from... Crystal City, Missouri. I still like that name. Scott Parker from Calvary Chapel there in Festus. Hi and welcome. Hi, Mike. It's great to be with you today. Great to be back. Yeah, it's always a blessing to uh, be with you answering some questions. And how was Israel? Israel was fantastic as always. You know, um, that was actually my third time that I've led a group over there. And so uh, it's always a blessing. But, Mike, I can't wait till Jesus leads us in a tour of the Holy Land. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, all these special sites uh, uh, probably will be pretty wrong, you know. <laughs> what was it? They just had some some uh, some buddy went over there and just said, oh, I feel that this is where, this is where uh, uh, Jesus was born in this exact spot. They didn't have any proof. They just had feelings and unctions. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? Uh, when we go over there, of course, you know, we point that out to people that this is the traditional place where this may have happened. But there are some sites, Mike, which you know, there are some wonderful sites that we know for sure from archaeology. It is um, true. Yeah. That, yeah, this is exactly where this happened in scriptures, especially when you go to the southern part of the Temple Mount, the southern steps. Uh, these, the, the original steps from 2000 years ago are there. Those are the steps that Jesus walked yeah, on. Pool Siloam and all those. Those are oh, actually real, but yes. it's this, those arbitrary ones that are out there. And uh, that's kind of, kind of a funny thing. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I know pretty interesting. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Warren on the line in Clear Lake, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. I was just wondering if if there's a chance that the Christian world of America technically got duped um, by um, receiving this so-called conservative thing that we got We've got Roe versus Wade, but with this thing called the abortion pill and everything else, um, that we really actually got the globalist agenda and that later on um, we will never go back? I don't believe so. I believe you have to stand up for what's right, and certainly I think that happened. Uh, but the devil's always busy trying to figure a way, another way to bring about his dastardly plan. And so I, I really don't see that that was, um, I, I do believe, uh, the reason I know Trump's a good guy, I don't know all about everything, but I do know this. The American news media and the liberals hate him. And that to me is probably one of the greatest, uh, uh, trophies of being an American that you know, because I totally have zero respect for the American news media. 
And um, when you look and see what these what the globalist agenda is, it isn't to make America great again. It's to do just what they're doing right now to America, destroying it from within hyperinflation. You see all this crazy stuff going on in our government. And here's the thing, everyone. They voted him in again, or at least I believe that some of them were cheated in. I wouldn't believe any um, I wouldn't believe any vote count from Pennsylvania whatsoever. Uh, I, I believe if America doesn't go back to one person, one ID, one vote, no mail-in ballots, if you're too busy to, to vote for your country, you're too busy and you shouldn't vote at all. But um, uh, that's the way you really should have an election, not this willy-nilly handfuls of mail-in ballots people were getting at their homes, all this kind of stuff. I believe that's where the problem is. No, the American news media, the liberals hate Donald Trump. That's a great sign to me. They said there's never been an ex-president in the news more than Donald Trump, and they're still trying to destroy everything that he did. So when I look at that, I've got to realize that uh, the devil is always clever. And uh, what he can accomplish, um, uh, he'll he'll figure a way around it. Certainly we know that. Scott, your thoughts? Yeah, Mike. And you know, it's interesting because they hated Donald Trump because all of his policies and everything he stood for went completely against the globalist agenda. And so in order for them to put forward, you know, their Marxism and everything that they're wanting to accomplish in this country, they had to get rid of him. And you know what? It's all starting with COVID and all the way through. Uh, I have to say they've done a good job um, at, at, at doing that. As far as the voting in our country, you know what? I've gotten to a point where I don't have a whole lot of confidence anymore in our election system whatsoever. Uh, but that doesn't allow, that doesn't, uh, keep me from voting because as a Christian and as a, as a member, uh, and a citizen of this country, we have a stewardship that's been given to us. So, you know, we go to the polls and we vote the best we can with the candidates that we have. Um, and, and the rest is up to the Lord. We, we have to remember that through all of this, uh, we do what we can and what we should as Christians. And we should, and we should be guided by biblical principles when we're doing that. But when it's all said and done, we have to realize that, you know what, um, that God is the one who's in control, that uh, as it says in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Proverbs, that that he is the one who puts up and he's the one who puts down. Uh, he exalts one and, and puts down another. And so, you know, when it comes to things not going our way, you know, as 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 it would look like then we have to trust in the sovereignty of the Lord that he's got things under control. Uh, but that never, the, the sovereignty of God and his control over everything never negates our free will and our responsibility to do what we can in the country while we have the freedoms that we have. And so, uh, but yeah, I, with this whole issue, you know, um, I really believe that, you know, that's, they had to get rid of Donald Trump in order uh, to keep, moving forward in socialism. And what's interesting, and Mike, you know this, in in our country, I, I hear it from people all the time. Uh, you know, people who um who have come from Venezuela, uh people who have come from other countries where communism and, and socialism uh had taken over, uh even those who, you know, um are old enough to to uh 
go back and and knew what happened with with Hitler and and Germany and all that. And people look at our country and say, you know what, America looks just like those nations did uh, right before they went full socialism. So yeah, uh, no we're right on the precipice of something happening um, that I'm afraid is not good. But as believers, we need to pray. Uh, pastors, Mike, <laughs> we need to we need to preach and, and teach the the Bible for all it's worth, and and not shy away from any issues. Just because you know they're political issues, they're really biblical issues, and we need to preach, preach the word of God, teach the Bible, and uh, and encourage people to uh, take their responsibility as, as citizens of, of this country. So, yeah, like uh, Nevada, for instance, re- elects a Republican governor, but when the final votes are counted, they have a Democrat senator. Nah, we're not buying that chili. Uh, that's more of the. Uh, that's more of the mail-in ballots. How many extra ballots do we need? We got a couple of days to make them up. And I believe that's oh. exactly what happened in that state, as well as many of the others right now that are still in limbo. Uh, because the, the election's fraud. It just, it just yeah. is one person, one ID, one vote, no mail-in ballots, period. You're too busy to vote for your country. You're too busy to live here. You don't count. And that's really the bottom line. But oh no. Every Joe Biden says everybody has a right to vote, including illegal aliens. Oh, wow, Joe, that's some crazy stuff. But, you know, that's where we're at right now. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. And um, again, America still doesn't know what bathroom to go into. Warren, I hope that helps. OK, I, I just was wondering with Carrie Lake. Uh, when the when the person she's booting out like uh, Hobbs ends up um, uh, being the controller of the votes, and we find out down the road that um, the actual votes can never be counted because they get burned up and dis- disintegrated. Sure, sure. That yeah, the what... whole thing wasn't originally rigged by Soros and his buddies. Yeah, well, Soros is a one-world order guy. He's a full-on socialist, pardon the term, Democrat. Uh, and uh, they have an agenda. And you see, any particular political party that sees nothing wrong with slaughtering babies has no moral conscience. So lying and cheating and stealing is all just part of their agenda. Mm-hmm. Promise the world. Vote for me. Everything is free. The socialists scream as they took over Venezuela and these other countries. But when they get in power, oh, tyranny reigns supreme. Yeah, that's the way they work. Warren Stay Alliance, send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Roger, Palm Springs. Hi, welcome. Yes, thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. I love you, Pastor Mike, Pastor Scott. So um I gotta ask you guys. When you have two college students that are um, they're in love, they're childhood sweethearts, they never did anything immoral, but they do kiss now and then. Is that considered uh, as far as like um, when uh, when Jesus talks about, oh, well, I say unto you, if you just look at lust, so is that like a spiritual adultery perhaps or not? No, I wouldn't think so. I think what Jesus was addressing there is the the wandering eye, the lustful heart. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. And, and Roger, I, you know, I really do think too, um, this, this, I think this issue comes down, uh, to personal conscience between two Christians. Um, I always think it's best if people, um, who are believers and who are in a romantic relationship and they're looking to take it to marriage, which, 
my view is as a Christian, that's what, that's what being in a relationship with another person, uh, in an intimate romantic way should be headed towards. It should be headed toward marriage. Um, we really have a problem in America, um, and even in the church with people dating people, um, and then breaking up with people and then dating others. And uh, all, all they're doing is just practicing for divorce in the future. Um, I, I think that gets a little out of hand. Um, but at the same time, um, I think it's always wise uh, for those who are in an intimate relationship that want to take it to marriage, that it's always best if they abstain from sexual activity uh, before marriage. Now, I, when I say that, I'm, I'm not talking about intercourse. I'm not talking about actual sex. That's a sin. They should not be doing that, period. Um, but, you know, kissing uh, and kissing passionately uh, you know, there, there's there's a difference. I think Mike would agree. There's a difference between, you know, kissing someone on the cheek or even giving them a peck on the lips and, and, and passionate kissing. And when it comes to passionate kissing, that just leads uh, to other things sexually and, and a lot of times leads Christians into sexual sin. Um, so I always am, am pleased to hear when I hear of two Christians uh, especially young people who have who have made that pact in their heart with the Lord and with each other that hey before we get married you know we're we're not going to kiss or we're not going to do uh, things that might lead us into sexual temptation I think that's wise and I, I always enjoy hearing that uh, I did a, a marriage uh, a few years ago uh, of a young couple um, and uh, that's what they did they they their whole time that they were. Um, you know, going steady and, and, and courting each other. Um, when they got married, they had, they had their first kiss. When I said to the, to the groom, you may kiss your bride. And, uh, that was quite a testimony. Um, but I don't think that you can link that to what you were saying with it being adultery in the heart. I, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, but I do think it's wise. I, I think it, I'm trying to remember the exact, uh, verse, but, uh, it was Solomon, you know, who, who basically said, you know, it's it's wise not to stir up the, those kind of passions before the time, <laughs> you know, um, and the time for those kind of passions to be stirred up is after you're married and you're committed to somebody uh, in marriage, you know, uh, before God. So anyway, Mike. Yeah. And and people violate that. Um, and I do believe that there are prices to pay. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it varies from from individuals to individuals, but God told us what the best was. We can say, ah, God doesn't know what he's talking about. But there are reasons why God said the things he said. And um, again, how important it is. Roger, hope that helps. Take heed lest you fall. Yes, thank you for rightfully dividing Mm -hmm. the word, and I'll see you after the rapture, gentlemen. Amen, Roger. Stay (laughs) on the line if you like. Send you out some books, some DVDs. Let's go to Roger again in Minnesota. Must be your brother there. <laughs> Roger in Minnesota. I will. What, what a surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a friend that uh, is saved, and her husband has died a few years ago. And uh, she had called me up the other night, and she had been drinking, and I never knew she drank yet. And uh, she actually told me. And she said that uh, she um, helped this one guy uh, to get his pickup. And um, the guy isn't saved. And uh, he had told her that he was a veteran. He told her that he was a sniper and he told her that he was homeless. And uh, she asked me, why do you think he said that? And I said, he's out to scam you. 
And uh, she said, well, my sister said the same thing. And now she's calling him his friend, and um, I'm just scared for her. Um, I've done, I've talked to some uh, vets, and uh, in fact, uh, my one buddy is a retired lieutenant colonel from the guards, and they all say that rarely, rarely will actual snipers speak about that. And I'm just uh, asking how to speak to her. I need, I know I need to speak in love, and I need to lay out scripture. But should I tell her too that uh, again that uh, kind of uh, that she's going to get scammed and uh, a true sniper doesn't just come out and do that stuff? Yeah, say those kinds of things. Well, and it also intimidates fear. You know, the intimidation is there, saying, "Well, I'm a sniper. I'm this. I'm that. You know, I'm going to get you." Uh, the problem is whenever somebody experiences a death in the family. I don't, I, I, I think it goes for those that have children, a spouse, a father, mother, grandparents. I believe that we're extremely vulnerable at that time because we have a loss. We're, we're trying to find someone, something to put into our heart, into our life that will uh, somehow bring back normancy. But I really believe that when a person loses somebody, uh, the ability to be taken in is, is extremely high. And so I would, I would just really, as you can talk to her, I would just do that. And if you can find out who this guy is, uh, run a background check on him because, and if he's homeless, that would even be more of an indication, but he might see some, uh, some uh, fresh bait here, and I, I think you, you, you just really, and those around her that know her, if you know other people, need to really come around her and protect her because uh, you, you're just not thinking right. Um, you, you are looking for uh, someone to belong to, and and you know, I think you just have to be very careful in in talking to her. But I think a fellowship is important. And if there's other people there that know her, uh, that can help, uh, fill part of that, that void, uh, it won't be filled completely with this guy. Your thoughts. Mike, I really don't have anything else to share. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think every bit of the advice you just gave him was, was good. I totally agree with the whole vulnerable part of her being in a vulnerable position right now because of what she's been through. And Roger, I think, you know, as a, as a brother in Christ that, uh, um, that you have a responsibility here. Um, you seem to be discerning the situation and what's going on. And I think, uh, Mike gave you great advice there to step in and uh, protect this sister uh, the best you can, uh, and as much as she will allow you. Um, and I, I know later on she will appreciate that. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, and, and prayerfully not too late. And maybe you can even go over and meet this guy. I, yeah. I think any 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 exposure to non-vulnerable people uh, is going to be revealing uh, concerning this individual. Uh, in other words, if she keeps him tucked away someplace where no one knows where he's at, you know, he can be anything. But once people start interacting with him, you start checking his stories out, all these different kinds of things, you begin to find out that he's, uh, uh you know, that, that, that he ain't what he says he is. And that, I really believe that's one of the things you have to do. Now, maybe he is all these things, but, um, there is just some things there that you said that are, 
very concerning to me. And, um, you know, one of the problems with many homeless people, they're homeless for a reason. They're on the lam. They're, they're running from the law. Uh, not all, but many are. And this may very well be something. They get the story down. They get their MO, the mode of operandi down path that they tell people. Yeah, it worked here. Okay. I'll try it over here. And so, no, I think you just have to really involve yourself, uh, your family with her more and more, uh, to explain to her because she's just lonely right now. She's just looking for, um, a reason to be. And so I, I believe if you can point her back to Christ, point her back to that God's will work this out in her life, but to jump into something where this person, uh, most likely is not a believer. I don't know. Uh, I would, I would just really, really, uh, do your very best to caution her. Hope that helps, Roger. Yeah, she said that he's not a believer, and she said that she wants to, or she's asked him to go to church, or she wants him to go to church, or something like that. So, so he's not a well, believer. Again, there you go, right there. You know, you shouldn't even. She shouldn't even be hanging out with this guy because, because of her vulnerability. Uh, I would, I would uh, do everything you can do to steer steer her away from from this so uh but anyway see what you can do should i just uh mention that i i think you might be vulnerable right now that oh i would absolutely say that just say honey you're not thinking quite right right now and you think uh that you know here you and your husband worked your whole life for the things you have to have some guy come in here with some clever words and uh you can get swindled you just can uh so i really believe you have to be very very she has to be very very careful and you just have to keep your eyes wide open to protect her hope that helps roger yeah uh one more question um if i may um how do you do a background check on the guy is there um, a legitimate way to well do that? if you can get his name now here's the deal if you can get his name and if she can say where he's from uh, that's one of the things. So if he says, well, I'm from, you know, I'm from Wheaton, Kansas, and, and you know, and my name is, you know, Arnold Arnold Fragile or whatever his name might be, uh, you can contact them. Now, if you contact Wheaton, Kansas, and they've never heard of an Arden Fragile, then, then you can probably believe that everything else that he's saying is a lie as well. But uh, hope that helps. I'd contact the police then. In- well, I I think you need yeah. If you got his name, I think you can you can. There's certainly websites you can go to for wants and warrants, and and I I think I would do that. But um, there there's you know the Jesus said beware of wolves in sheep's clothing, and the difference between a wolf and a sheep is what they eat and the tracks they leave. Everybody everybody leaves tracks. What kind of tracks is this guy leaving? I mean, what, what is, um, what's his past been like? And, uh, that's what you need to find out because it may very well be that he's wanted. And so you got to be real careful. She needs to be real careful, uh, on this. Uh, perhaps the license numbers on his truck that doesn't run or whatever might be a good place to start. Um, maybe I should ask her if I could meet him too, right? I would. Mm-hmm. I would when you when you talk to him because see, 
you're not coming from a point of weakness with a death in the family. You're coming from a point of strength and really, you know, eyeing this guy down. But I would get the license numbers off uh, off his truck, what state it is, and call the state. If it's registered to uh, some girl, then you know there's some real problems here. So you just don't know on this kind of stuff, but you got to do the research. And I really believe the Bible tells us that we need to walk, watch out for the weaker brethren. And right now, a lot of this woman's weakness was not really so much caused by her as it was caused by a death in the family. Hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the uh, um, extra tips, too. That's I really appreciate that. Yeah, the license numbers on the, on the vehicle are going to be a, a telltale sign, I believe. That'll help. Yeah, and Roger, and you, and you meeting him, and discerning for yourself, um, will also give you some firsthand information to be able to talk to her about him. If if you start talking to her about him without have ever having met him, then she could say, "Well, you don't know. You've never met him." But yeah. you know, if you meet him and you start discerning <laughs> things aren't right, then you have more clout with her. To say, hey, you know, so, yeah. Well, I like to ask just simple questions. Hi, man. Hey, sure. oh, yeah, it's good. You know her. Hey, where are you from? Well, I'm from Wheaton, Kansas or where, wherever, some town. Oh, really? Well, what brings you out this way? You're a long way from home. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, and just listen to the song and dance. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of just talking to them uh, really, um, you know, really will reveal a lot of things. Um, and, and, uh, so where do you live? Well, I'm homeless. Why are you homeless? What happened to your house? What, what happened to your family? What, you know, um, where did you work before? I mean, just simple questions like that will do a lot. And, and when they start saying, well, I, I used to work for, uh, you know, Kansas Spring Company, um, then you get his name and call the Kansas Spring Company and say, did this guy ever work for you? We never heard of the guy. Then you can go to her and say, I checked that out. That was a story. Mm-hmm. How much more of this guy's life is a story? So this is, uh, I think you just have to do a little research. But uh, I, I believe God will give you wisdom, and may the Lord give you that insight, wisdom, and discernment uh, to uh, protect a fellow sister in the Lord in Jesus' name. Roger, we'll be praying for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate prayer. But if she refuses to let me stay, uh, meet him, then then what? That's suspicion. Well, there, that's, that's suspicion, and, and he's probably already gotten his claws into her. So anyway, well, stay on the line, Roger. I'll send you out some books and DVDs. Perhaps you can say, hey, maybe I can come over and your friend and me, we can watch God of Wonders or something and just see what he says. I would do that. Roger, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. We're coming up on a break, everyone. We don't want you to go away. We'll come back. We'll have more right after this. Can you imagine getting your college degree and graduating debt-free? Sound crazy? Here's great news. Calvary Chapel University is offering a 25% tuition scholarship on your entire degree program. And with this unique scholarship, you have a realistic way to graduate debt-free. Calvary Chapel University is one of the most affordable Christian universities in the United States, and it's fully accredited and 100% online, so you can study whenever and wherever you want. 
Calvary Chapel University offers bachelor's degrees and master's in biblical studies with an emphasis in biblical counseling, Christian education, and more. And with solid teachers like Skip Heitzig and David Guzik involved, you can be sure you're getting sound doctrine. This scholarship offer is available for a limited time. Find out more at calvarychapeluniversity.edu. That's calvarychapeluniversity.edu. Apply today. Wondering what to do with your extra car or truck? Donating your present vehicle to CSN Radio is convenient, easy, and may qualify you for a tax deduction. Best of all, your donation of a car or truck will make a big difference in supporting CSN Radio. Why not donate your extra vehicle today? All you need to do is complete a simple online donation form or call 1-800-357-4226 and we'll take care of the rest. We'll pick up your vehicle, arrange to have your donation towed, and provide you with a tax deduction receipt, all at no charge to you. Call 1-800-357-4226 or go online at csnradio.com and click on the car donation button. Thanks for your support. This is CSN. Hi, and welcome back to part two of Every Man and Answer on this Monday afternoon with Scott Parker. I'm your host, Mike Kessel. We're going to go right back to the phones. We have Jonah on the line, San Luis Obispo. Hi, and welcome. Hello? Yes, hello, Jonah. Hey, I had a question on music. So I come from a very traditional Baptist church where all music that isn't classical or sacred is considered sinful. Yeah. And I don't adhere to those exact beliefs, but I still have a great appreciation for traditional hymns and classical music and a general dislike for modern music. So I was wondering, what is a good, I guess, place to start talking? There's a girl I've been dating for a year, and she's a solid Christian, but she really likes modern, like, electric dance music and music that I personally feel would be sinful to listen to. I guess, what is your stance on music? And, like, what's a good biblical point to start talking with her about that? Well, I, I think we have to be real careful because, you know, the attitude and the idea that any music that I don't like is of the devil is pretty bad. You got to remember a lot of those old hymnal songs that we all grew up with in the Baptist church were converted bar songs. Those were songs that they would sing in the bars in the pubs in Europe. And they changed the words of them because everybody knew the tune, so they didn't have to teach everybody the tune. And of course, they didn't have minstrels and 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 uh, you know guitars and all that kind of stuff. So they would sing songs that were common to everybody's understanding, but they changed the words. So I, I we have to be real careful with those kinds of of things. Now, again, I believe music is a neutral carrier. Uh, it's like a, a carrier on your radio. You turn your radio on and you just hear, uh, a dead air. You don't, you, you, you hear there's something there, but you don't, it, it's not saying anything. I believe music is a lot like that. I, I think that 
that it's what the content, what it's saying is. And I think we need to be very, very careful of that because, you know, nothing is really sinful in itself. It's the abuse of, of certain things. But, uh, of course, probably having a similar background, um, Jonah, as you do in my own personal life, you know, I was raised believing that anything had had a guitar or whatever. And even the Church of Christ today, they say, well, you know, if you've got a guitar, uh, that's of the devil because they're not in the Bible. Well, chairs aren't mentioned in the Bible either, and you have those in your church. So where are you going to draw this goofy line that they make up? Uh, light bulbs aren't mentioned in the Bible, but they have them in their church. So when they gather together, they can read together or do whatever they're going to do. Pulpits aren't mentioned in the Bible, but I'm sure that some churches of Christ have those. Um, wall covering and sheetrock, not mentioned in the Bible, but um, I'm sure they have that in their building. What am I saying? I'm saying that you'll find sheetrock in a bar. You'll find sheetrock in a church. You'll find carpet in a bar. You'll find carpet in a church. I believe, again, it's what you're doing with it makes the difference on whether it's acceptable or non-acceptable to God. And this was the same thing that was happening with the prejudice against the Gentiles that the Jews had developed, that it was almost halfway through the book of Acts, when you get up to chapter 10, that they realized, and this is astounding, everyone, that Gentiles could also be saved because they believed that you first had to become a Jew, then convert to Christianity. And when they heard that Gentiles right out of the box were becoming Christians, this was something they had a hard time understanding. And so the push for Judaizing the new believers came about. And this is why the book of Ephesians was written, excuse me, Galatians was written, was to correct that misnomer that we go to heaven because Jesus is good, not because I keep the Sabbath or don't eat pork or whatever other um, restrictive law in the Old Testament would be. Jesus said to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself, for upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. That's what it's about. So when it comes to music, then we have to look at it similarly. If the music is degradating God, fellow brothers and sisters, people, no, we don't have anything to do with that. But because there's a different rhythm than what I feel is godly and somebody else doesn't, that's a very thin piece of ice and an arbitrary call. But when I hear people say things ridiculous that say, well, uh, stringed instruments, music wasn't in the church, even though, of course, Psalms 150 is full of, of stringed instruments and drums and things like that, cymbals, uh, was okay. Well, because we don't find it in the New Testament, we don't put it in our church. Okay, well, then you better get everything else out of your building that isn't part of what the Bible says you can have, because what applies to one needs to apply to the other. Now, we have a Christian rock network. You might want to check it out. You might want to let your girlfriend listen to it. It's called EffectRadio.com, E-F-F-E-C-T Radio.com. And we play EDM. We play uh some of the old Jesus movement that sparked, I believe, a lot of the, the Jesus revolution when 
all these hippies couldn't get in uh, everybody's church because they looked different and they listened to different kind of music. Uh, they didn't want them in their building. But uh, I remember when Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee went and began to reach out to these kids um, that all of a sudden they realized that uh, God just doesn't necessarily like um, uh, just the old hymns. I remember there was a song by Larry Norman said, I don't like none of them funeral marches. I ain't dead yet. Well, a lot of those songs were kind of that way. And in fact, if you really look at some of the words, they're not really worship to God at all. Uh, a song that I grew up with singing, Onward Christian Soldiers. It really doesn't have anything to do with worship to God. It's all about us. Onward Christian Soldiers. You know, um, it isn't, Lord, I love you, praise your holy name, thank you for all you've done for me. So when we really look at even some of the older songs, I'm not saying they're not good songs. I'm just saying that we need to be careful because a person critically could look at some of those hymnal songs and find some problems, even doctrinally, with some of them. Scott, your thought? Yeah, Mike, I totally agree with you 100%. And, you know, when you look in Scripture, you don't see any parameters when it comes to music. It's it's all about taste. And here's another thing, that the Bible, Old and New Testament, it's a Jewish book. And the Jewish people are very musical people, and they are they are very expressive in their worship, especially when it comes to dancing and things like that. Yeah, uh, my goodness, some of the some of the um, most intense dancing that I have been around uh, when it comes to the worship of God was actually at the Western Wall on on a Sabbath uh, on one of my trips to Israel as they were playing music and dancing and and singing to the to the uh, to the Lord. <laughs> it was amazing. But, uh, you know, so when it comes David to... David got busted for that. <laughs> he did. That's exactly right. Yes. And uh, and it's interesting because when it comes to music, it comes it comes down to preference. And I, I think here's the important thing. For, for instance, you know, there's there's some music styles that I just don't care for. Um, and, and we and, and I think we need to look at this, too. I think it's important and wise up for us to look at music because, you know, certain kinds of music does invoke certain kind of emotions. And we don't want to, you know, listen to the type of music that invokes the wrong kind of emotions. Um, but at the same time, we need to give liberty, you know, when it comes to people and what they listen to, when it comes to music. I think as Christians, we need to listen to things that glorify the Lord and, and things that, that, uh, that edify us, uh, especially when it comes to singing music in church. Uh, whatever we're singing, the words should be theologically correct and line up with scripture. Um, you know, just like Mike said, some of the, some of the old hymns don't really do that that well. And then also there's a lot of, there is some, a lot of modern music, um, that's not very theologically correct. And you, so we need to, we need yeah, to modern worship music even. Yeah, exactly. And so we got to be careful with that. Um, but you know, I, I give you, for instance, my youngest son, you know, he's 23 years old and what ministers to him and what he likes is this hard rocking screamer music. Now, when I listen to it, I just hear, I just hear chaos. I just hear banging and screaming and, but it ministers to him. And what he will do many times is he will send, uh, to my wife lyrics from songs that he's listening to while he's at work. And it's from these bands that are like these hard rocking screamer bands. 
And my wife will say, Scott, read these lyrics that our son sent over from what he's listening to. And Mike, they are some of the most deep, beautiful lyrics that talk about what Jesus has done for us. Uh, but yet when they sing them, you know, some, some of them are sung, you know, in a, in a decent way where I can understand what they're saying. And, and some of it are being screamed, but it's music that ministers to him and his generation, you know? So I, I think when it comes to that, we just need to give some liberty. And uh, as for ourselves, just make sure that what we're listening to again, doesn't invoke the wrong kind of emotions and that it's uh, it's edifying to us and, and glorifies God. So my- yeah, and and you got to remember that that uh, with uh, you know I mean I, I you listen to the lyrics as an example to contemporary Christian music. Now we call it that today, but I'm just talking about the old Christian rock stuff that was you know Randy Stonehill, seventy sevens, these different groups that were around. They would not be played today on Christian radio mm-hmm. because the words are too convicting. They're not necessarily positive and encouraging. They are very convicting. And this is one of the things that you're going to find in a lot of the music today. Um, you don't know if they're singing about a dog or God or their girlfriend or whatever else might be out there. And so we want to be very careful in thinking that God just blesses uh, one style of music where it can be others. You might want to check that out again, Jonah, uh, effectradio.com. And anybody that's got younger kids, E-F-F-E-C-T, effectradio, R-A-D-I-O, effectradio.com, and uh, hit live audio streaming, and you can rock and roll. And there's... Uh, there's a we have an electro EDM uh, show on that uh, Ryan uh, hosts on there as well. But there's all kinds, all styles, um, but all uh, we want it to glorify God. Now, not every song is an example. It may say, uh, "Love Jesus, get saved, get saved." Some of them will talk about what a normal relationship is with a girl or a guy, but that's gone. You know, when you listen to secular radio, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Oh, really? How does that go well with you? And when you look at the modern sound uh, uh, lyrics, hey, listen, country western music is just as profane as rock and roll is. So people say, well, I don't listen to that. I'm going to listen to good old boys. Well, let me tell you something. You listen to some of those lyrics in those songs, man, I'll tell you. I remember even years ago, song, Any Lock That Ain't Locked When No One's Around. Really? Promoting theft? You see, this is the problem. Monkey see, monkey do. Garbage in, garbage out. You fill your head with uh, secular idealisms, secular thoughts, ungodly thoughts. It weakens your ability to say, well, that's wrong. Well, I don't know. Roger Miller's saying about every lock that ain't locked when no one's around. I mean, after all, I mean, how can that be bad? And the list goes on. So, no, I think music is a very big part of all of our lives. I think it's a very big part of how we communicate today. And I think we need to be very sensitive in how we allow that communication to go on. Because I know for sure, personally, that if it wasn't for um, 
modern music in the church, I don't know that I would be sitting here talking to you today. I was pretty fed up with religion. I was pretty fed up with the, with the uh, mechanics of Christianity. I'd go to church, and as long as everybody looked like they did, they were accepted. But if you came in with long hair, your clothes weren't as well, just exactly what the book of James describes about a poor person that comes in, well, they told to sit in the back of the church or not even come in at all. Or if you come here any length of time, boy, you better get your hair cut. You better get your, you better get some, some, uh, get your suit and tie on. Well, realizing that has nothing to do with our Christianity. And uh, I, I really understand that to reach people, Paul says this, I become all men, I become all things to all men that I may win some. That doesn't mean he became a prostitute to minister to prostitutes, but it did mean that he would speak their language. And I believe that's so important. Joan, I hope that helps. It does. Thank you. I have a quick question. She is really big into dancing. And that it's not that I think the music is wrong. It just encourages her to dance. And Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where I have a hard time because like she doesn't care where she is or whatever. If a song comes on, she starts dancing and doing things that I would prefer not be done. Yeah. So that was, that was, well, that's something, you know, that's something that God, uh, I think has to work out in an individual. Uh, if she's a real born again believer, uh, I believe that, that, um, you know, whatsoever things are pure, holy, just good, dwell upon these things. And if, you know, you're doing some gyration, <laughs> I, I think that can create its own set of problems. But again, uh, Jonah, you know, tell her about the effect radio. That may help her a lot because that may take a lot of the, sinful lyrics out of what she's used to wiggling around to and maybe cause you to think a little bit more about about uh, your testimony and your relationship with God, because that's what it is. But the effect radio is not like what we call modern contemporary music that's all over the country. No, this is, you could put this station on at a job site, uh, at a at a factory, whatever, and they won't grab the radio and throw it out in the parking lot. It's it sounds like modern music. It doesn't sound like Christianese, worshipy, praisey, uh, contemporary music. This is a lot different. So you might want to check that out. We we continue to build more um, effect radio stations whenever we can. And so, uh, but you might want to check that out. Effectradio.com. E F F ectradio.com. Jonah, I'd like to know what she thinks of it. All right. Thank you very much. Jonah, stay in line if you like. Send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Ethan, Illinois. Hey, Pastor Mike. Uh, just, I'll try to keep this brief, but um, just to give you some backstory. Uh, me and my wife have been married for four years. Uh, we are unequally yoked in our relationship. I just got saved uh, last year and we do have a child and uh, there has been some tribulation in our relationship from me being a Christian. And uh, as of recently, there's been 
uh, some infidelity. And I just, I just, uh, would like some advice on like how I should even go about handling the situation. Um, I've given, uh, an option of reconciliation. I know that God doesn't like divorce, but, um, the option that I was thinking was probably best is like, I'm, I leave the house and go with, live with my mom for a year. And if she still wants us to be together, then we move from there. But yeah, I just want to know uh, your opinion. Well, first of all, all of our hearts go out to you. We want to pray for you before you, you know, before you leave us. Uh, Ethan is a very tough thing. Paul addresses this to the church at Corinth. And it talks about if the unbelieving depart, then you're not bound under such cases because certainly God understands this. Is she into any other religion or, or is she just nothing? Yeah. Uh, just nothing. She, she kind of, yeah, really just nothing. Scott, your thoughts. Yeah. And, um, Ethan, the, the, uh, infidelity was on her part, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, and again, as Mike said, our heart goes out to you because this is such a difficult situation. Um, when it comes to scripture, um, I, I do know this. I, I know that the Lord would always be for reconciliation if it's possible. Okay. If it's possible. Um, so I think, honestly, I think your idea of maybe separating because of what has happened might be a good idea. Um, so that she can see in losing you that she's lost something valuable and that might just make her, um, want to be with you and, and, and want to reconcile and, and, and realize what she has in a, in a good Christian husband. Um, when it comes to the scriptures, um, you know, this, this is an allowance for divorce. So really, Ethan, to, to be honest with you as a pastor, I would say to you, um, you've got a tough choice and the, and the choice is yours. Um, you have, you have a biblical out in, in the marriage. If she's committed adultery against you, um, biblically, you can be free from this marriage. Um, at the same time, if you truly love her, because I, I will say this, Jesus did say that the one thing that causes divorces is the hardness of heart. And, um, you know, when, when someone has done something to you, like she's done to you, it can cause your heart to be very hard. And I, I understand that totally. And uh, if your heart is so hard to the point where you're like, I don't want to reconcile. I, I, after what she's done, I, I can't be with her. Um, you know, I wouldn't condemn you for that. You, to, you know, again, biblically, you, you have a, an allowance for divorce. Um, at the same time, if you do love her, um, then here's an opportunity for you. Uh, to show the grace and forgiveness to her that God has shown to you. And again, the whole point of this would be, uh, you know, to come together to reconcile and to, and to have a good marriage. Um, but again, I think, uh, for that to happen, she may have to realize, you know, what she's lost. And if you separate for a specific amount of time and nothing changes in your relationship, you know, if, if, 
because what should happen during separation is, you know, you, you guys should be talking and, and trying to, uh, work maybe with a counselor or a pastor or someone, um, to try to work on what caused that infidelity in the marriage and, and what was going on there. Um, so separation is not just, you know, just getting away and then hopefully, you know, time heals the wounds. It's not that there's things to do during that separation. Um, but that might be a good option for you. If again, if, uh, you're at a point where you just don't know what to do, but as Mike said, we would, you know, we definitely would love to pray for you. So Mike. Yeah. You know, and, and I got to tell you, if infidelity is an issue and, you moving out of the house, then pretty much she'll be unrestricted to do whatever she wants to do. And I don't know that I would maybe do that. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think that might not be a good thing because again, when the cat's away, the mice eat the cheese. And, and, you know, if you're, if, if you're the one that's bringing normancy into the relationship and then you leave, uh, you don't know what's going to be happening to literally her and your child. And that's where I think the big concern would be. Um, you know, uh, I, I think this is, these are just some things you, you would have to do, but, uh, are you part of a local church there? Uh, yeah, I am. Well, I'd certainly get a hold of the pastor there or those that are in the counseling, uh, area and, and, and explain to them and perhaps, you know, you, you, because regardless of how this turns out, you still have a child together. This woman is going to be in your life and you're going to be in her life mm-hmm. for the rest of, 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 of your child's life. Uh, and so you're going to have to uh, come to some kind of terms. So I would, I would, uh, perhaps see if you can get her to go to some kind of counseling, uh, because, you're going to, it isn't that you just walk out the door and you're gone forever. That's not going to happen because of your child. So you're, you're going to have to work through this. She's going to have to work through this as, as much as she doesn't want to, or as uncomfortable as it may be, she's going to still have to uh, come to an understanding that you're in her life for the, at least for the next 20 years or 18 years. So uh, that's what I would do. But father, we just come to you in Jesus name. We lift up Ethan to you. We lift up this girl's hard heart, and we know your word says that we pray that you would bind Satan from her mind and from her thoughts, that she would see the good deal that you offer her to have her sins forgiven and to live forever. And so, Lord, we ask you for her salvation. We ask you to bind Satan from her, that she would see what you offer her in Jesus' name. Lord, give Ethan the right heart, that love, that voice of yours to reach out to her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ethan, our prayers are with you. Thank you for that. Stay on the line. I'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and um, uh, I'll send you something new, too. So you, you stay on the line. We'll get you taken care of. Sadie and Carl, we're, we're out of time. Please call us back. We'll put you on first thing. Thanks so much uh, for being on today. It's great Scott. to be with you, Mike. Thank you. Always a blessing to be with you. May the Lord keep you in his love. Keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. 
That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 